passionate about this situation, this whole principle, because the whole of what we are learning this month is a hold fast, return to God. And sometimes in that process of returning to God, we have to actually stand on what he's given us and maybe reclaim some things that we have lost. Many of us have lost a whole lot of grounds to a whole lot of things. And I want to tell you today, I want to actually share with you something that for me is very important. For me, it reminds me that in my battle, I'm not alone. So before we start, I want to actually just take this time to pray. For those that don't know me, I'm Pastor Mona Stephen. My husband is Pastor Glenn Stephen. We welcome you here, and we are a people here who love the Lord and who follow him and who actually serve him according to the word of God. Amen? And so let's bow our heads and ask the Holy Spirit to help us this day. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. I thank you that you've sent your son to die for us. I thank you that the son has sent the Holy Spirit to help us walk this out. He takes us by the hand and he helps us walk it out. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us this day about the warfare that we're in, the battles that we face. God, I ask, Lord, that you would give your people understanding, new revelation of where they stand in you. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint my lips, that you would give me grace and just clarity of mind and simplicity just to bring a biblical principle that is something just misunderstood or totally ignored. God, I ask, Lord, that your people will stand one more time on the grounds that you have procured for them. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do ahead of time. In Jesus' name, we pray. Well, amen to that. Amen, amen. We do that all differently here, I guess. But I want to thank the Lord for this message because it's really called Stand Your Ground. Stand Your Ground. That's the message. We would all agree this morning that the family is under attack. We are, we are at war. There is a, there's a, a war going on in the marriages that are broken and wounded. There's a war going on towards our children in this society that causes them to be exposed and vulnerable. There's a war on the family, and we know that our society is devaluing the whole concept of family, the values and just what we believe in and what God has instituted as a family unit. We know that God... that. In our society, there's a decreased decline spiritually. That means there's less people who are seeking God and a, a decline morally, that there's more people who actually don't understand that we're running to the good. We, we, we call bad good and good bad. And so we see this. But what I see as well is that many of the followers of Jesus, now I'm talking to those who at one point in their life, I'm not talking about those who just go to church, because a lot of people can go to church, but that doesn't mean that you are a child of God. The only way that you can go to the Father and have a relationship with God is through his son Jesus. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. None can go to the Father except for this. So this church can't save you. I can't save you. The only way that you can actually have that saving uh, relationship, that relationship with the Father is through his Son. And what we need to do is we have to recognize that we're broken and there's nothing that we can do. I'm talking about those people who have who've recognized. You see, many years ago, 31 years ago, I recognized that I actually had been the control 
controller of my life and did a whole lot of things, but I still uh, ended up being empty. I realized that I needed something much bigger than myself. I realized I needed to bow down to a God that was so great that he loved me so much that he sent his son to die for me. I recognized my need of God. I also received the free gift. That means I didn't have to work for that gift. It was given to me. I was under favor, under grace. Praise God. It was a free gift. And God said, I want you to receive it by faith. And that's what I did. And then as I journeyed with God all of these years, I recognized that I needed to put him as Lord. Now that's another issue, isn't it? Because we actually have a hard time letting go of control. But, you know, to what cost? And I think this is what I want to talk about, is those, the people who have come to their understanding that the only way out of the troubles that we're in is through God and God alone. Ephesians 6, 10, 6 verse 10 to 13 says this. We have it on the, on the, we are in a battle, but that's what we've just understood. But where's that battle coming from? How, how, do we, how, are we to, how are we to fight? Who are we fighting in this battle? Well, this is what it says. It says in Ephesians 6, 10 to 13, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against your leader at the church. No, that's a different translation. Against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It is true, beloved. Some people, even believers, don't believe that we have that type of spiritual warfare going on. It is. You see it all over Scripture. And so Paul continues here and he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand your ground. After you have done everything. So what is he talking about? What's the everything he's talking about? He says, first, be strong in the Lord and in the might of his power. Then he says, remember, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. So the fight you got this morning was never about your spouse. It was never about your children or your dog. It was about those evil forces that incite and influence us to hate and to be bitter and to really lash out and to be mean with our actions and our words. That's the, the enemy is a, is a father of lies. He comes to rob, kill, and destroy. So he right now, according to Ephesians 2, is that he's the prince of this world. Those are the evil forces. He will use everything to destroy your dreams, to kill your family, and to make it so impossible for you to move forward in victory. Those are the forces he's talking about. So you need to remember it's not the flesh and blood you're fighting. We're fighting against something much bigger, authorities and powers in a dark world. And these are spiritual forces of evil. So he says you, meet, you must stand your ground. So what's the grounds is he talking about? Well, I need to tell you that because when we come to be a child of God, God has provided for us higher grounds. These higher grounds never move. 
And we, as children of God, are able, as we journey in our, 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 our path of faith, to build wall, to build our life on these higher grounds. That higher ground, you need to understand what it's all about. This is what, that's why I'm saying, this is not just about mothers. This is not just about fathers. This is not just about single or, you know, whomever. What I'm saying is if you don't recognize that you're on a higher ground, and so if you want to know what higher grounds is, you need to understand that it's a position of advantage and superiority. It's all about our position and our authority in Christ. I have this quote here that says this, our Christian life begins with the discovery of what God has provided, what he has provided provided. And then he says, from this point onwards, Christian experience proceed as it began, not on the basis of our own works, praise God, but always on that of the finished work of another. And the other we're talking about today is Jesus. If every Christian would understand their identity and their position in Christ, Christianity would be a force to reckon with in this world. But you and I know that many of our sisters and brothers, many of those who are pillars, so-called pillars in the church, are walking in a pattern of defeat and have very little victory and power to change their outcome. And this is what gets me the most. For me, if I have to tell you and be totally honest as a leader, it is that I believe because we do not comprehend what the higher grounds mean to us in our lives, then we get duped by the enemy, who is a deceiver, by the way, to believe that we are hopeless victims to our circumstances. We get so defined by what we are going through that that dictates that the enemy sets the agenda in our life. I'm telling you, beloved, we need to actually understand that if we understood this higher ground, which I'm about to explain to you, it would change the way we lead in our home, the way that we mother, the way we father, the way that we lead ourselves in our workplace, because we would know something greater is calling forth that we walk in a different pattern than this world. We are in a battle. And the battle involves men and women on many different levels. But Satan's battle plan includes a special emphasis on adults on their vital roles as parents and spouses. Oh, he's attacked the family so much so that the family is redefined today in our society. He's attacked the institute of marriage so much so that he redefined that too. But I'm here to tell you Satan knows what, that if he can undermine the leaders and the families and he undercuts God's plan to demonstrate his love in our marriages and our home, then what we're going to see is total chaos and loss of love, confusion, division, and bitterness, divorce. I won't tell you statistically where we stand as Christian marriages because you would actually bow your head. Beloved, there is something that has gone on. I think we have forgotten how to stand on the ground that was provided for us through Christ. This message is for all of you today. Higher ground is about what God provided for us in the battle that I just talked about in Ephesians 6. There's evil forces out there. 
There's authorities, principalities, and dominions that all they want to do is crush everyone. That's what they do. And that's why sometimes, you know, people say, where is God? God has always been there. But what you're seeing in this world, because we live in a dark world where evil forces animate and influence the people, you see a whole lot of people who choose not God's way. And because of it, because all of our problems are not in a vacuum, is it? When I actually lead a certain way, it will affect all of you. If I respond and take up a, uh, uh, you know, a bitterness or anger, this will affect how I do this with you. So everything around us is about who are we letting lead in our lives. As Christians, we should know to let the Lord lead and to let the Holy Spirit guide us to all truth. But you and I know that we are stubborn lot. We, we fight and we do a lot of pushback, but I'm hoping today you're going to realize you need to stop the pushback. You need to realize God is for you, not against you. And he needs you to understand that he will do all things to deliver you of everything. He is that type of God that we follow. Higher grounds, as I said, is what God has provided. Now, in a physical war, I need you to see that. In a physical war, higher grounds are easier to defend. And so you see the higher ground. It's easier to defend up there than down. Why? Because when the, the attackers have to go always uphill. It's harder for them. They have absolutely nothing to hide from them. That means they are more exposed. That means that those that are on higher grounds could see and communicate how they're going to win the battle. They can see clearly. They can communicate. They can shoot with very little difficulty because being on higher grounds give them advantage. For us as children of God, being on the higher grounds that God has provided for us gives us the advantage. Spiritually, we have been placed on this higher ground against our enemy who wants to undermine our testimony and destroy our ability to stand firm. Ephesians is probably one of the, the, one of the most wonderful books in the New Testament with the uh, uh, Colossians. Two books, if you really want to know what your position is, what your identity is, those two books you need to study until you are great, you're not moved anymore. Thank you. Ephesians is, is, is one of, probably the most important book in the New Testament because if we never realize who we are in Christ and what our position is in Christ and, in, and that we're seated in the heavenlies with him, what happens is that we actually become powerless in our life. We become duped and easily moved. So if we never realize what Jesus did for us, then we become greatly moved by our circumstances, by the people, by the different things that happened around us. Being on higher grounds is knowing who we are. Uh, actually, knowing who we are determines how we live. Go to the next pi picture, please. This one here is identity in crisis. Knowing who you are determines how you live. You need to remember all of this because I'm bringing you somewhere today. And I, I know that, you know, when we look at all that is at our disposal, let me just go through it really quickly. I can't read you all of the scriptures, but Ephesians and Colossians are where you need to go, all right? He says this in Colossians, that in, uh, he says this in Ephesians, is that spiritual blessings, we have all, every spiritual blessing are ours. Then he goes on, 
is that God has chosen us to be part of how we manifest who Jesus is to other people. He goes on that he disposes us, at, at our disposal we have every weapon to tear down every stronghold. He tells us that in high grounds, he's given us the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is here because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. He has redeemed us. We are free. We cannot be sold back to slavery, but so many of us go back to our slavery from the past, the fear, the anxiousness, the hurt, the pain, not realizing that God has set us free from these things. See, we have been stamped, marked by the Holy Spirit who is a down payment for us and the promise that God will keep us until we get to heaven, until Jesus comes back to get his bride, he will keep us. And that's why he says in Galatians 5.1, you need to stand in the freedom that Christ has won for you. He's not asking you to stand in your, in your abilities, your knowledge, your strength. He says, stand on the high grounds that I've given you. So the question is this, if we have all of these things, if we have the power, the blessings that are all available to us to live victorious Christian lives, why aren't we? Why is there so very little victory in the lives of believers and there's more captivity than freedom? Why is there no strength and many of us lose a lot of our daily battles, but we're on the winning team. That doesn't make any sense. So why are we losing so many of the battles? Why are so many youth plagued by the same sins that mark unbelievers as young people? And the last question is, why is there so many of our Christian marriages broken to the place of no repair? Where there is no more love no, we've settled, beloved. And why is the church so powerless? If God has provided higher grounds, a place of advantage, all the weaponry, every blessing, every power, every authority that we have in our position in Christ, why is it so many of us are still struggling after years of hearing the same messages over and over? There are two reasons. I believe we are not standing because we never really understood what our position and our new identity meant. It meant that now, because I am in Christ, in union with Christ, that I was raised with Christ, I have the position of authority. I have the position of a, a, a victor. I have all of that because of what Jesus did. By faith, I have all of that. When we accepted Christ as Savior and Lord, then according to Colossians 1, we have been rescued from the kingdom of darkness. Remember that kingdom that I was telling you about? Remember Ephesians 2? Who's the prince of this world? Well, you know, we don't belong to that kingdom because I chose Jesus. I don't belong. He says, I've been rescued out of that kingdom. I'm no longer in that kingdom. But it doesn't say that I no longer cannot be influenced by that presence. I can be influenced by that presence, but I am rescued from that kingdom. That means I don't have to do and don't have to live according to Satan's agenda anymore. Which is, I think I like to hear an amen. Yeah, thank you. I wasn't too sure if you guys were still here. It's an amen. 
And then we go on in Colossians 1, 15, 16 to 18, which is really great. He says, God has created all things for him, Jesus, and he put everything under him, Jesus. And because I am with Jesus, that means he put everything under me. I don't know about you, but when I'm faced with battles in the flesh, I must remember I am on higher, higher grounds and I have choices now that I never had when I wasn't saved, when I wasn't born again. That's why you have to make a distinction because if you come to church, it doesn't mean you are saved, beloved. You know, Christ's followers is that you are following his ways. If you're not reflecting his ways or don't even want to do his ways, you have to question if you are saved because I've, you've got the Holy Spirit in you. So you really want to understand this because if you do, you'll be able to build a wall on these higher grounds that never are moved. It's a sure foundation. And no matter what we go through, no high or how strong the waves are or how hot the fire gets, we need to remember, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm on higher grounds. I have a place of advantage because I am no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I can get influence, but I need, I have a choice now. And it's amazing because once we understand that, that we have all of the authority and power because of Jesus, then we can actually know that there are certain things that we have to decide now. Because the first is because we don't know how to stand. We don't know our position. Second, we have failed to stand. And I'll show you how we've done that. We have given place or a foothold. You see this beautiful little tiny thing here? It's called a foothold, a place to the enemy without knowing it. You see, when we are not people of the word, when we are people who just are very, very sporadic and coming to church and we're not accountable to anything else but the way we think or what we believe, do you know, beloved, <laughs> the enemy's called a deceiver for, anything, for, for, for a reason. You know, God has given us all of these resources, the word, prayer, fellowship, the church, to keep us sound and keep us standing on good grounds. I can't do it without you guys. I need to be accountable. I need to be part of a body that is walking the same way, that is on the same high grounds that I'm at because it's so much easier to walk this. Now, we know as Christians, we are engaged in intense warfare with our enemy. And this is what Peter, 1 Peter 5, uh, 8 and 9 says. This is what we're supposed to be doing. He says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Does that sound pleasant? Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. So every one of us will suffer, will have afflictions, but if you know and you remember you're on higher grounds, you remember you have a place of advantage because you're in Christ, that's why it's so important that you're not just in church, but you're in Christ. It makes the world a difference because if you're just in church, you can't do and take all of the resource that God has given me that if I was foolish and I gave a foothold, I can't actually use any of those resources nor the weaponry because I have to belong to him before I can. Does that make sense? All right. So here we say here, I wrote down here this. It says, um, we do not have to fear our enemy or his schemes. 
But many of us, we walk around fearing how he's going to dupe our children and what's going to happen here and whatever else. And we're anxious and we're fretful. And the Bible says fret not. It only causes harm. You see, our focus is on the wrong thing. So he says here, we don't have to fear our enemy. Through Christ's death and his triumph resurrection, the Lord Jesus Christ has secured the victory for us over Satan with which is automatically, when we have come to Jesus, we automatically go on to the high grounds. Automatically. I've done nothing to earn it. That's why it's called grace. Because God so loved the people who believed in the Son, God says, whatever I give the Son, I will give to them who believe. I don't know about you, but I get pretty fired up, as you can tell, about this higher ground position. Because so many of us, we bow. We bow to our fears. We bow to the fear of man. We bow to the pressures of work. We compromise. We pick up sin. And we don't realize that somewhere down the road, we have forgotten who we are. Even though Satan's defeat is secured and his power over us is limited, Satan still can influence followers of Jesus towards sin and compromise. He is looking for a place, beloved. That's what we just, he is actually, he's like a roaring lion going to and fro, looking for a place in our lives, in our children, in our marriage. You see, when we make it about our spouse, we kind of forgot that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. And we need to check where we've gone because of what's happened in our marriage. We need to check how we deal and respond to our children because I can tell you how you live out will show me if you understand this higher ground. So he looks for an opportunity to gain a foothold in our family, in marriages, and in our children. And once he has gained his foothold, Satan sets about to work ruin. That's what he does. Ephesians 6 tells us, stand on your ground. Stand on the higher grounds that Christ has given you. Put on your armor. Know your authority that was given to you. Position yourself and watch how God will show you how and when and give you all the discernment and wisdom you need to navigate through life. But we must recognize that there is a war going on. We must recognize that we are on higher grounds and we we have been given every weapon that is so much stronger than any weapons of this world. So how do we give grounds? How do we come to a place that we are not standing well? Well, Ephesians is our, our indicator. Ephesians 27 says, give no place to the devil. If there was no forces out there, if there was no warfare out there, do you really think he'd be sharing those scriptures with us? If there was no ability for us to give a place, would he share this with us? No, he knows us. Psalm 103 says he understands we're just but does, but he said, I'm going to make sure that she has everything she needs to build a very strong wall in her life. And she's going to have every resources, every wisdom. There are things that I must do which you're going to see me do with this wall. So he says, give no place. In order to stand and live lives of victory and power over sin, we need to realize we have been rescued from his kingdom first. But we have to also realize that there's still an influence out there. How do we give place and foothold to the enemy? We get the idea 
when we read the scripture 26 to 28. So we're going to see it right here in Ephesians 4, 26 to 28. It says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. I'm not making this up. I am telling you, if we don't recognize this, trust me, everywhere I go, when I share this scripture, I say, what do you mean? I didn't give a foothold to the enemy. I went, mm, let me show you. And when I shared them this biblical principle, I said, how come I don't know? It was in your word. And then he goes on and he says here, anyone who has been stealing must steal no more. The indication here is when we harbor or nurture a sin. So he's not saying that we have to be perfect and on 24-7. Thank God. We're saints who occasionally sin and sometimes we goof up. All right? But what he's saying that if I sin, if I'm angry and I nurture and I harbor that sin, I give a place to the devil in my life. When we permit him to exercise influence over us by this sin or wrong behavior pattern, we allow him in our lives. The illustration is thus. Here we know that, and it's going to be very hard for me to pull this brick, and so I need you to understand it's hard, but I'm glad it's hard because once God does something, he does it really well. We would have to really be totally stubborn and really ignorant of his devices and understanding of how God has created us for higher grounds. So when I pull, when I nurture and harbor anger that results in bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, pride, rebellion, and I do nothing but build and nurture it and justify it. See, whenever you justify what you do, you kind of know you've just given the enemy an entry point. So what happens? My wall is still there, and my wall starts jutting out. It's jutting out. When we give grounds, it's an entry point for the enemy. It's an entry point. Now, we need to understand, according to Ephesians 4.27, it's the believer that is the one who yields this ground to Satan. So when people say, I really don't know, where is God in all this? Yet, they are, you know, continually watching pornography. They are angry at their wives. They actually lie, steal, and they're wondering why there's, <laughs> there's chaos in their lives. You know, I saw this, scripture, this, this quote that says, whatever parents do in moderation... Whatever sin that we're doing in moderation, our children will live in excess. And I'm going to show you that process because you see, a lot of us today have walls that are breached. Because when we start giving access to the enemy, and if we are not understanding that the enemy has no power or authority over our lives except what we give him, what we give him. It is our birthright, beloved, in Christ to, be, to come to freedom and experience all God has given us through his son. The victory is yours in Christ, so why are we settling for less? I can guarantee you one of the bigger reasons is because we are on the throne. And we're wondering, well, God, I've been praying for years. God said, have I not told you to shut that door? 
Have I not showed you you've had access here? And I need you to go and shut it down for me. Our focus has not been on the blessing or the provision or the position of authority we have gained in this higher ground. No, beloved, we don't stand because we don't understand that position, nor the authority, nor what the enemy wants to do to rob and kill your family. And we have given a foothold to the enemy by nurturing our hurt, our pain, our discouragement, and our disappointment, our fear, our anger. And once we give grounds, there's... It, what happens is that once we give grounds and we don't, I'm going to show you how to reclaim those grounds, and we don't repent, we don't yield to God, and we justify, we make excuse after excuse. What happens, beloved, is a breach happens in your wall. That big hole, the enemy comes, and it's like, it's like what, what he's doing is that he comes into your home and he says, give me your keys, give me your permission to, to build, and I'm going to build something in your life, and I will bring such destruction. Now, none of us would say yes to this. But when we don't understand how we give grounds, and we are not willing to follow God and his playbook, then we are going to have breaches. Who do you think he's going to go after? Who do you think he's going to go after? This whole concept scared the wits out of me when I was a young mother. Because you see, I was very selfish. See, sin is self-willed. We will what we want to do. We do when we want to do it and how we want to do it. And we don't think that we're going to bring any destructions. Beloved, I did. And there are many things that I had given an access point to the enemy. And God was screaming loud. You see, he was screaming, Mona! Shut the door to your anger. Forgive the one who has betrayed you. Yes, I know you've been hurt, but do not stand in unforgiveness because if you nurture and you keep on doing this and don't turn away from it, you're going to have a breach in your wall. And it's not going to be just about you. Your children will be affected. My children have experienced some of my stubborn decisions but praise be to God, you're going to show, I'm going to show you how God can heal and reclaim and repair our breaches today. I, can I hear an amen? Because that's how beautiful and wonderful our God is. Despite our foolishness, he will do what he has to do to repair our breaches. I don't know about you, but I need to know what it is. I'm going to give you a hint. It's kind of close to the word submission. Oh, wait a minute. Obedience. Uh, another word, Trust. All three words we have issues with, don't we? But we can trust the one who's calling us because, you see, he gave us higher grounds, didn't he? He gave it all to us. So the members of, of a Christian families and sometimes entire families are being wiped out left and right. I am seeing it everywhere. It's not because they don't have the power nor the resource for victory, but because many of God's people don't take the enemy and his work seriously much less recognize his attacks and try to resist him. So when we have occasions and we are angry and we don't love each other and we make it about what we feel, then we're not resisting the enemy, are we? Remember, he can influence us. But we on higher grounds are already in a place of advantage. 
He says, the enemy has a well-focused plan of attack against our families. And unless we know what he's up to, we cannot protect ourselves or our children from his schemes. The enemy wants to steal your eternal significance of your life. He wants to keep you so wrapped up in your problems and circumstances that you fail to see the attacks that he's bringing upon your wall. He desires to kill you. That's what Satan desires. He desires to destroy your relationship. But Satan is a toothless lion. He was stripped of his power, and it is about time that we, a people who are under God, start realizing that he was stripped of that power. And that we as a people need to actually start understanding that every time we say yes to God, every time we submit to his truth, we are doing this. Actually, not even us. It's the Holy Spirit. Because you see how difficult it is for me. The Holy Spirit, I think he's a lot more powerful than me. He just goes, Mona, every time you yield, every time you submit, every time you realize that my way is better, I'm I'm going to build your wall. Oh, my goodness, beloved. If everybody understood this, I believe I wouldn't be counseling anybody. Isn't that great? That that would be it. Thank you. See, the devastation comes into our lives because we do not take this exhortation well. It says, do not give leeway to God. Uh, To the enemy, I should say. Not to God. To the enemy. I'll take that back. As believers, we're standing. See, you guys are awake because you figured that one out, didn't you? As believers, we are standing on this higher grounds. We are standing victorious. But as unbelievers, those that have not made a choice to bow the knee to the king of kings and let him lead, then the enemy, you are firmly in the enemy's grasp. God gives you a choice because we all have free will to say, God, I, I want out of that kingdom. I want to get into the kingdom of light. And the only way you can do that is go through his son. Praise God by faith. I believe I confess my need. And that is what he wants you. He wants you to come to the kingdom of light and receive his son. Until you make this decision, these higher grounds you cannot use. As believers, we are asked to stand in the higher grounds and give place to God. To shut every door, every access point, because it's very important that we do. And I want you to know, this is another one here, he says, God has equipped every believer with every spiritual weapons necessary to fight a winning battle. I'm coming to an end. I have about another 40 minutes. We should be finished. I don't have my watch, but I've just noticed what I, ha- what I have. I have about 10 minutes left. There is a difference between grounds, and I need to make this very important, between grounds and strongholds. As I said, giving grounds is the enemy's entry point to your life. We give grounds when we refuse to let go of our sin and to confess it and turn away. Let me make this clear. It is not the moment of anger that gives Satan an entry point. Because you and I could be angry quite a bit. But if I recognize that I'm angry, if I recognize that I'm resentful and I deal with it right off the bat and I turn from it and yield to God's ways, there's no entry point happening. None, ever. But if I go through something and I pick up an offense and that offense becomes resentment and it builds into unforgiveness and a deep root of bitterness, beloved, not only did you give grounds because something does happen here, 
It's, so I said, not, it's not the moment of anger, but it's when we store up and nurture and allow to turn it into bitterness. I believe the ground is yielded to the enemy when we cling to our sin, our fear, our anxiousness, and we make it about, well, you just don't know what I've lived in my life. No, trust me. I can write a book. As a matter of fact, I should write a book about what I went through and what God got me through. But what made me move from that place of darkness is understanding my position. And so here I know that if we confess it and turn away from it, God brings back and brings the breaches together. It closes the breaches. But if we persist in our sin, this is what happens. Satan has the time and opportunity to build a stronghold. Now, I want to show you what that stronghold word means. Let me tell you, access point is easy to to bring back in. But when it comes to stronghold, there's a breach, all right? But let me show you what a strong, can you go to the next, please? Next one. Next one. This is it. I want you to read this with me. A stronghold is a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes me to accept an unchangeable sometime that, something that we know is contrary to God's will. So if you've had a lot of access points, entry points to the enemy, and you've never recognized it, and you don't confess it, you don't turn away from it, then what happens is that entry point becomes a stronghold. Beloved, you don't want to go there. A lot of us have come to the Lord with a lot of strongholds because we have belief systems that don't belong to God. They're contrary to what he says. So giving grounds is like giving Satan the, the, land, the land and permitting him to, to, to build. We give him permission to build and erect a stronghold. All he has to do now is start digging the foundation. We are on higher grounds, beloved. Satan is a defeated foe. He was rendered powerless at the cross. The enemy has no power over God's children and except the power that we permit him to have. Keep these things, these thoughts in, your for, in the forefront as I finish off this message. Because once the stronghold is there, that means it, it intertwines with everything that we do, our personality, our character, our coping mechanism. We see life through the grid of that stronghold. And it's hard, not impossible. So let me show you how to repair your breach and to reclaim the grounds. In your sheet of papers, you have all of the five points. Hopefully in the, uh, your bulletin, you have the five points in there. Write some things down if you need to. The first thing that I have to do once I recognize, not only did I give actually an uh, access point, but I have also have a stronghold. The first thing is to walk in freedom is to genuinely repent from it. Turning from our sin, confession, cleansing by the blood of Christ, and a commitment to letting go of the sin. See, the problem I have with people is a lot of people say, I want to be well, but when I confront the access point and their strongholds, they fight me tooth and nail. What they don't realize, you see, the problem is not me. The problem is that you have actually a breach. And God actually will pursue you over and over again. I think that's why pride and rebellion is such an issue. Because pride and rebellion will keep you excusing. It will keep you making justification of why you are where you are. Beloved, there's a hole in your wall. 
We need to be committed to let go of the sin. This has to be the first step because without true repentance, nothing of any lasting value will happen. Second one, you're taking back the grounds. How do I take back the grounds that has been surrendered to the enemy? By an open declaration to God that what I did was wrong. You know, if it takes me three hours to convince you that what you did was wrong, do you understand I'm fighting against a lot of deception? But you understand, I'm not fighting. You're not fighting against me. You're fighting to get back the grounds, beloved. You're fighting to put back the brick back into its place. So when someone tells you, hey, listen, this is what the Word of God says, you need to let go. You need to take that ground. You need to go and declare to God, this is my problem. Yes, my husband could be better, but this is my problem. God, I choose to own this. And this is where it becomes, we need to recognize that he is Lord. He's already planned this out for you, and he has his own playbook. He doesn't need yours. But we have to come to that place. Because when we ask him to take back the grounds, we have to say, God, can you take back the grounds in the, in the Lord's name? So if he's not Lord in your life, that's why James 4 is important. Submit to God. None of us submit. A lot of us refuse to submit, and we wonder why there's still chaos and destruction in our life. Beloved, that's the reason why. So we need to yield to God and stop, start resisting the devil. We need to own it. And pride is, is something that I... You need to ask God to take back the, the grounds you yielded to, your rebellion and pride. I do this all the time. We're people of progress, beloved. I can't get rid of pride overnight. You understand that? I sometimes, I'm, I'm totally... <laughs> I'm never surprised when I have these thoughts that I find that I'm more grander than everybody else. <laughs> Just like I go, oh, good God, that doesn't sound good. And I have to actually understand that that could be an access point if I'm not careful with that attitude. I have to be real with it. Many of us have let the enemy push us around our entire life as a Christian. And it's time that we actually know that Jesus has firmly planted us on higher grounds and we need to let the enemy know that we are going to take full authority. When we are walking in pride, the spiritual power is no longer there. This will weigh you down. But once I say, oh God, I recognize my anger. I recognize my unforgiveness. I recognize my pride and my rebellion. The more I recognize and I run to my Father, who is merciful and he is great, the more he actually replaces those bricks. The third one is tearing down the strongholds. Remember, a stronghold is a fortress of lies. Many of you walk in a pattern of unbelief because you have strongholds, beloved. Strongholds that keep you hopeless. And you must go after these things. He says, God wants us to tear down these structures, and we see that in 2 Corinthians 10. Unlike fortresses made of stone and brick, these strongholds can be destroyed by the, not by the weapons of flesh, but by truth. This is what he says here. He says, what undermines and destroys a lie is the truth. Jesus said, it's the truth that sets us free. But it is only when truth is what? Believed and acted upon that it does its job. Do you understand? See, a lot of people are stuck in unbelief because they have a stronghold. 
But what they don't understand is that you don't have to wake up one day and think that you have everything all in order in regards to God. But God does require, by the act of the will, you say, God, this is what you said, and you are Lord. And I'm not going to do any more pushback, because now I've realized that my wife is struggling because of me. I realize my children are exposed and more vulnerable to temptation because of that brick that's been out of my moral failures. I'm understanding I never took back this ground, but I am taking it back today. And I'm choosing to do it your way because I don't want my children to unduly experience this if I can do anything about it. Now, my children will have to make their own choices in which they have but the fact is, is that I know that it's not about feelings when you have to act on truth. We must remember that Satan is a deceiver and he has caused you to believe things that are not true. Let's go on to the next one. So tearing down, we have to renew our minds with the word of God. And this brings me to the next one, build, building towers of truth. So many of you who are struggling, you have a big breach in your wall. You've known all along that you had to get back to the word. You've known all along you had to ponder, meditate, and not only believe it, know it, but you had to believe it and act upon it. You have known it because this church has been telling you this for years because we're disciples in this church. So why is it that after years of hearing the same thing, you still have a wall? You still have a hole? Beloved, it can only come down to two things, pride and rebellion. So let's just, just own it. You want to know? why your children are experiencing things they shouldn't. It's not all about you. Trust me about that. But we were entrusted our children for a reason. And when we make it about us, beloved, there are things that do happen. They, 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 they become in play. A tower of truth is just what the name implies. A reprogramming of your mind with truth about yourself, about God, and about Satan and his ways. Then when the enemy comes with his intruding thoughts, his lies, his deception, and his accusation, you can flee to the tower of truth. You know, many of the people that I've seen, their breaches in the wall. When people come to me and say, you know, can you talk to my children and my, my marriage is, is upside down? I ask them, can I, you know, where are you spiritually? Do you have any parts in your life that you don't want to surrender to God? Because really, truly, if you're not surrendered, there's nothing I can do for you. Nothing. We need to get to that place of understanding. The last one, take thoughts captive, 2 Corinthians 10. It's a critical passage that teaches us that the mind is the battle between God and Satan in a spiritual warfare. He instructs us to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when you're going through all of this problem during the day and all of these, these intruding thoughts, if you know it's not the Father's voice, take it captive. The Father will not speak things that are negative to you. It is time that we stop the enemy from setting the agenda in our lives. We need to submit to God. We need to obey what he's already asked us to do. We need to trust that he will heal those things in our families and our marriages. See, I'm not saying that this battle is going to be easy, but we are on the winning side. It's a serious battle. And even though freedom and victory are our birthright, we need to stay alert of what the enemy does. Getting free is easy, beloved. Yeah, just got to say, yes, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to confess. I'm going to own it. I'm going to turn away from this. And that's what repentance does. And now I'm going to trust you. 
Staying free is hard. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. The truth that God is wonderful and that if we are in Christ, we have no need to fear the enemy and his schemes. The issue is not where you're at, but who you are in. It's not where you're at, but who are you in. Who you are in. What a privilege it is to be seated in the heavenlies with Christ that when we are faced with daily struggles, our physical realm is maybe chaotic and confused at times, that we can find all of our answers in the spiritual realm. And that's through the word of God. I'm telling you, beloved, we have settled for so many things, and so many things are happening in our life because we have compromised. These things have become a reality to my life over and over again. And God wants you to share his victory. He wants you to experience his power against the forces of darkness. And the last verse is this. 2 Timothy 4.18 says this. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work. What does he say? Every evil work, every attack, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be the glory forever and ever again. That is a promise of victory, but we must stand our grounds, and the way that we do that is that we need to make sure that if we've given grounds, we need to take it back. If we have actually built strongholds in our lives over time, not recognizing that we're the one that caused the enemy to come in, then you need to do the same steps that I've given you. Trust me when I tell you, God is not upset with his people, but I truly believe that he didn't send his son to die for nothing. He sent his son to die so that you can stand in a place of advantage against what's going on in this world. We need to understand this. Times are going to get tougher, beloved. The attacks of the enemy will worsen, not only for us, but for our children and our grandchildren. We must now stand our grounds. Not because we will be perfect or doing things always good, but because He has already done it. And He just wants us to recognize our dependence of Him saying, Mona, obey, submit, do this unto me, do it my way. And when I do this, your children will not experience undue temptations. They live in the same world that we do. Beloved, our marriages are broken because there's been breaches in our walls. So go after the breach. Go after the access point. If you are a child of God, you can stand on your authority today. Healing is here for you for your family, your children, and your marriage. But if you settle on some thoughts that your past has dictated who you are today, I am telling you, your identity in Christ, your position in the Lord says something totally different. Let's stand. If you need to come to the altar, you do so as we hear this beautiful song.